0: Welcome to the Buran and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each one of our, of our episodes, we uh, talk about something that we hope is insightful and important that you can turn around and implement in your business and become a more effective insurance professional. And we're going to jump uh, right into the discussion today with our with our esteemed guest, uh, Art Betancourt. So Art, thanks for joining Chris and I this morning.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, to have a conversation with you guys today.
0: Hey, Chris, thanks for or being Paul. here again. Uh, always good to have you.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: thanks. I, uh, there are a couple of people out there today that, that may not feel that way, but I hope everyone else does.
0: <laughs> yes, well, and today we're going to be talking about uh, finding uh, talent in the insurance industry and just more talent in general, I guess. And it uh, seems like no matter who you talk to and you say, what are you working on? in, in an agency, that number one thing is, you know, talent. It's all, the topic is all over the place. The talent doesn't seem to be. Um, so, you know, I guess I'll start off with that question is, is what are some of the ways that you go about finding, um, that talent? And I know Art, you do that uh, for a living. So,
1: yeah. So I, you know, I founded a Betancourt in 2015 and, um, we uh, we specialize in helping organizations find and select great talent, um, and uh, you know we're based here in Grand Rapids, but have clients in about forty states, uh, and um, uh, and about twenty five employees currently. We have a fairly unique process, but when you think about finding talent, there's a couple of concepts that are important to understand, and that's active and passive, right? And if you look at kind of a table or a matrix, <clears throat> there's, there's active candidates and passive candidates, um, and then active uh, 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 recruiting and passive recruiting. And as an organization, it, it's, it's important to, um, as you're building a talent plan, to think about all of those quadrants and say, okay, how do I do active recruiting and active search for passive candidates? Um, how do I do active Uh, search for active candidates, so people looking for a job. And then there's the passive part, you know, passive search, passive candidates, that basically means you're doing nothing. Uh, But but you're you're just hoping the right person is going to be walking in the door, right? Um, uh, But passive search, active candidates, it's more like job posting, right? You're not going out and finding them where they're at, but you are putting some jobs out um, and then hoping the right people apply. Um, And uh, and really, you really want to look at all of the quadrants um, uh, if you need to attract a lot of talent to your organization. Uh, but uh, especially in the insurance industry with specialized roles, account managers, producers, um, a lot of those people aren't actually out looking for jobs. the People that are, that are qualified, um, you know, as you guys are aware, um, there's a talent gap in the insurance industry. More people are retiring, more people are getting out of the business not enough people are coming into the business. Um, and so where, where you really have to focus um, for a lot of these roles is, is the active search piece. Um, and that means you're going out and you're finding people where they're at, having conversations with them uh, and building uh, building a pipeline.
0: Okay. And then Chris, what are you seeing? You work with, with a lot of folks. Um, any, any success you see your clients having?
2: Yeah, um, my clients have a lot of success with Art's firm. So it's, <laughs> Thanks, <Chris. laughs> it's really, you know, it's, it's been a great godsend for a number of them to be able to, for Art to have created the firm and then have the success early on like he's had. Um, because I got another email this morning going, there are no qualified AEs left in the country. What do we do? <laughs> You know, and that shortage is just I get these emails and calls every day. It's like, all right, well, I know it's you know, I know it, it's probably just an issue in rural America or and then the person from New York City calls and they're, Well, I'm sure it's just an issue in New York City because no one wants to live here right now or, you know, wherever it is. And it's like, no, it's it's actually everywhere in the country. There's shortage of, of really qualified account managers, account executives, CSRs, whatever title you want. And um, I have never, ever in my 30-some years ex- seen any kind of a sh- uh, an account manager shortage like we have in the industry today. It's pretty significant. So um, passive isn't going to work very well in this model like that one option Art mentioned. Um, I think you're going to have to be proactive with a search firm um, or grow your own. Um, I don't think anybody really has a choice right now uh, to fill those spots, but one of those two.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think it's that plan. And working with with recruiting firms over the over the years, I know that uh, that uh, arts firm takes takes a completely different approach than than i've ever seen that's much more when you talk about active and involved and and planned um so if you're if you're really looking in that direction getting that discipline down i think is hugely important um but but let's say you've you've found somebody you've 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 dusted off the corner you found the gold nugget how do you select for that how do you make sure that that uh I think at this point in time, right, you get somebody at all, everybody's (laughs) just going to say, hey, you're in. But but there's got to be something more than that, right? Because you don't want to hire somebody else's problem. You know, even if you're excited, maybe somebody else is excited they're leaving and joining your organization.
1: (laughs) Well, um, you know, uh, that's that's a good question, and actually, the beginning of the the answer to that question goes back to the first topic we talked about uh, uh, finding candidates. Because there, there are proven methods to select high performers. Uh, there was a study; uh, it's called the Validity and Utility of Selection Methods uh, in Hiring. Uh, it compiled eighty five years of research to look at you know what what methods for selection are are the most valid statistically for picking somebody, but the, there was a qualifier to, to the outcome of that. And it was that the, the, the value of them are only as strong as, the, can, as the, the size of the pool of candidates. And so going back to the finding piece, you know, we talked about different you know, active, passive, um, but what I always tell people is uh, when I look at organizations or recruiting firms or hiring managers, that are, that are having a hard time uh, recruiting, the, uh, recruiting people or selecting the right people, it really goes back to the beginning. And, and, that, and it's a simple concept that you can't find something if you don't know what you're looking for. Um, and by defining really what you're looking for, that also helps you to do the right things in the selection process. So it helps you look in the right places to create the candidate pool. Uh, and then once you have that candidate pool, uh, you can narrow them down, and so, in terms of uh, Paul, you mentioned the, the approach of our firm. Um, uh, you know what we do first of all is we create a uh, a scorecard, um, and uh, one of the three methods for um, uh, uh, that has the highest R squared value or statistical you know correlation to picking hiring success is a structured interview. Um, and structured interviews are twice as likely to predict high performers as an unstructured interview. The easiest way to do that is with a scorecard. And so what you're doing is you're going through and you're identifying um, some, some key things. First of all, what's what, things that are called performance-based hiring objectives. So what three to five things do you want this person to accomplish for you to consider them wildly successful? Um, and that's, that's a very difficult question answer. Actually, that's, that's uh, a lot of our clients get stumped on that and we have to guide them through that. But then once we have that, we break down uh, uh, competencies that we, that we want to evaluate to see if they can accomplish those things. And the competencies we group into what we call tools, talent, and personality. Uh, So tool is, you know, it's a hammer. It's, uh, it's a tool that somebody can pick up, use, meaning it's your education, years of experience, industry experience, doesn't mean you're great at your job. It's just something that you have. And for some jobs, that's a requirement, like a CPA. You know, you can't be a CPA unless you have a CPA. Um, and But it doesn't mean you're going to be great in a specific role. Same thing with, with a license, right? Just because you have an insurance license as a producer doesn't mean you're going to be a great producer. Just because you have 30 years of account executive experience at an agency doesn't mean that you're going to be a great account executive for my agency, for the context that we have. So that's where talent comes in. And so talent are identifying things like context and ability. So context are things like commercial versus personal lines, large commercial versus medium commercial business, site number of accounts that you can manage at the same time, uh, complexity of the accounts. uh, and 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 so that's that that's that's kind of the context and ability portion that you're wanting to 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 look for. And then the personality is uh, the personality for the role. Um, you know, a producer personality is typically maybe different than an account executive personality. But also, we want to identify culture for the organization. That doesn't always, by the way, that doesn't always mean uh, the culture that uh, currently at the organization. Sometimes organizations are looking to change their culture and they want to hire the right people in, uh, for where, for where they're going in the future. So, so that's the scorecard. Um, we also do a, a benchmark profile list and a 360 profile, a 360 profile, which is like a roadmap of how, of how to find somebody. The other two things that, that are, uh, important, um, that are statistically, um, uh, uh the most likely to predict a, a high performer, uh, and, and through a, selection process are the um, uh, a work sample test so actually seeing them do the job um, obviously that can be very difficult for some rules um, but you can you can create scenarios um, to see how how an individual works sometimes that is through uh, can even be through like a knowledge test there's a lot of those out there for the insurance industry um, uh, and then the final one would be uh, cognitive skills so um, their IQ, you know, how smart are, are they able, how smart are they and how quickly are they able to process information? So if you can combine all three of those in your selection process, um, the, the structured interview with a scorecard, the work sample test uh, and, a, um, uh, 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 and, and the, the, the competency, um, uh, uh, the, the IQ test, then the, the research says you have about an eighty two percent likelihood of predicting a high performer. Um, now, uh, uh, an unstructured interview. So if you're the if you're the person that goes out to the bar and it's like I got a gut feeling I love this person, yeah, we're going to hire them. Sure, nobody listening to this has ever done that before, um, but uh, uh, it, you know it's it's common. But uh, that there is about a a fifteen percent likelihood. So it's the difference between 15, 30%. You'd be better off just flipping a coin, right? If you're, if you're not going <laughs> to implement these things. Um, so sort <laughs> really of crucial to, to building a great selection process.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, I appreciate you talking about those, that, that structured process and the testing. I know Chris has been a, a big proponent of that for, for years, and I think we have uh, some folks coming up to talk a little bit about some of those, those testing profiles.
2: Yeah, we do on future podcasts. And Art, you know, you mentioned something there that I don't know if you do this, um, but uh, a lot of the listeners, they are, um, I'll just blurt it out. It might be my blurting stuff out. Me so direct is playing, you know, two people might not be too happy with me this morning. So who knows how it'll go. Um, but the vast majority of agency owners are incapable of doing a structured interview process. (laughs) It's just not how they work. Right? It's not part of their brain function. And so they're going to find the person at the bar. They're going to find their cousin's cousin, or they're going to find, you know, the person at the, I don't know, um, one of the best hires I think I ever saw anyone make was at the flea market. So then they search at flea markets forevermore. Um, yeah. What if, do you offer a service where if they find somebody, you can do all the structured part for them? Or do you have, or are your services all in one? You, the search, the structured interview, or the whole kit and caboodle.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely do that from time to time. I will say a lot of because of the way our process works we're, we're really more like an in-house resource um okay most of our clients you know when we engage with them it's not uh we're, we're they're engaging with us to help them make great hiring decisions so even if they have candidates um themselves uh that they're thinking about or their cousin that they don't want to tell no to and they'd rather blame it on a recruiter or something like that uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah uh, Uh, you know, they they were a part of that process, but definitely from time to time, uh, we have people that say, hey, you know, we'd we'd love for you to interview this person. And um, what's interesting about about your comment, there's a great book that talks about this a little bit. It's called Work Rules. um, And it's written by the chief human resource officer at Google. Um, And, you know, the, the tech space was known for asking crazy questions. Like there's this movie, uh, called the interns with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, and, and they're interviewing for an intern job at Google. And they say one of the questions was, "If you're shrunk down the, to the size of a nickel and put it in a blender, what would you do?" Right? And and Google is very like is very data focused, and, and so they looked at those kind of questions and, and determined that they were less likely to to, uh, to predict a high performer than just standard, what are your strengths and weaknesses questions. And so um, uh, the easiest way, though. Um, to, to create that structured interview, again, is, is really just through that scorecard. It's just saying, what do, e- even if you don't have the time to break it down at all the sections that I, that I said, it's if we were to hire a great person, what would they have? What would they be? What would they be able to accomplish? And then you go meet somebody at the bar, you come away from that and you're on a high because they seem like a great salesperson. Um, I just saw a guy at a conference that was saying that he just, Met some guy at a gym, and he had a really outgoing personality, and so he's gonna to try to hire him for a sales role. Guy's never sold in his life, right? Out um, again. If you if you find yourself in that position, and you at least have like a, a list out of like, hey, this is what we know we're looking for for success. You can go back and say, hey, that was that was a fun night at the bar with this person. Let me look at this, and then at least it's gonna help you make a more informed, structured um, decision. But yeah, that, but yes, we can actually do just interviews
0: for clients as well. I've done that in the past. Great. And then I guess, finally, uh, to kind of wrap it up, um, just like insurance, right? You always want new business, but part of your success is making sure you retain the business that you already have. Um, you hate to go out and get a new producer while you have one falling off the back and going somewhere else. Yeah. So what are some uh, things that you see that people are successful in uh, in retaining the, the talent that they have. I'll start with Art and then, and then Chris, if you see anything as well.
1: well. Well, that landscape is certainly changing in the last year or two. Um, you know, you guys have heard of the Great Recession. Um, and, you know, typically it's, you're looking at, you know, culture and development and then comp. Um, and, uh, 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 but you, you kind of need to add a, a third piece to that, which is uh, benefits. Um, when I say benefits, what we're finding now is um, that the the agencies that we're hiring for um, that don't have some kind at least some kind of hybrid work from home option are having a much more difficult time finding people. It uh, doesn't necessarily have to be fully remote, but the other thing that we're seeing in, uh, 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 in, in the market is You mentioned hey that's new york and i'm a small town well a lot of these agencies that have that have gone to um uh uh, that have gone to remote and a lot of the big cities um and this just isn't this isn't just an insurance space it's everywhere they're going and offering big money to people uh that have the experience that are in smaller markets um you know they're they're offering new york money uh, to take the job so suddenly the, the wage for the roles are rising pretty significantly because um, they're telling them hey well, you, you can work from home and we're going to pay you 40 percent more <clears throat> and so um, so that's a challenge as well <clears throat> and so you got you got to um, you know uh, you, uh, from from a culture and comp standpoint you got to make sure compensation that you're at least in the range of of the market that you're in <clears throat> from a culture standpoint you have to be engaged with them um and uh, uh feel uh, get them make sure that they're on board with with uh you know your mission and vision of your organization and they feel like they're a, a contributor to that so that maybe if somebody big comes knocking on the door um that that uh they have that intrinsic value of hey i feel like i'm a part of something that's not it's not um worth it for me, for me to move from here so <clears throat> Chris. Yes,
2: any
0: any thoughts on that
2: yeah you know I think along with the great resignation, the other thing that we're seeing in the marketplace today is the uh, um, a lot of times in the headlines that you that are in the insurance industry uh, publications, it's called poaching, right? And so we have a, a wave of poaching that's occurring. And um, some of it, there was a case yesterday that was resolved where, um, Kinds of rules and laws, not laws, but contracts, and they lost. A, I think it has a, some headline appeal to it because of the parties involved. So, one of the things that I think everyone has to pay attention to is your contracts, especially with your producers and your, your key staff, especially with regards to non piracy, confidentiality, trade secret. And they have to be written and current. Um, to protect yourself in case somebody does come along and offer 40% more and walks out the door and you don't have the right contracts. It might not just be the person walking out the door, it may be your accounts too. I think that's something that we really, really have to pay attention to in, in today's marketplace. Um, and the environment that Art mentioned is just so important. It's more important now than ever because people have their pick of jobs, and one of the one of those factors, one of those cultural factors that I'm seeing come into play for really good commercial producers, is whether an agency has a level of sophistication in the products they're offering, and the really good producers are looking for homes with high levels of sophisticated products and services and markets and that's part of that environment that i think art's talking about beyond just being a warm fuzzy place nice place to work what kind of opportunity does it provide me to to really go to the next level so those are some things i think agencies have to agency owners managers executives also have to be considering in today's marketplace for people definitely
0: oh this is it almost like every conversation we have, you start with one simple thing and you pull on that thread and pretty soon you just got this huge ball on the floor and you're like, how am I ever going to untangle all this? Right. Uh, so, I mean, to, to wrap it up uh, to be really simple um, you know, it's the fine piece of it and, and you really have to have that active portion now more than ever um, and, and, and be disciplined. Same thing with the selection process. Where uh, those structured interviews, the the work sample tests, the cognitive abilities you have there, and then with retaining culture, compensation benefits, and and what Art was just saying, I know we're we're going through that at the beginning of this year from a, uh, a looking at the comp standpoint. And historically, we've we've looked at used uh, a data point being that insurance journal salary, and they break it down by region. <laughs> That's going out the window. It sounds like, and some of those numbers on the East Coast are eye popping. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> comparatively speaking, I don't I don't get the premium that somebody in Florida gets on property. Uh, so it's could uh, it get bad. So, uh, with that, Art, thank you so very much uh, for for joining us and and uh, and giving your insight. I know you have a really uh, fantastic organization there. It's completely different. Um, we've used recruiters in the past. We working with art and, uh, I I'd recommend giving them a call if you want to, uh, uh, go in that direction
2: for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Art. I appreciate it. And, um, for all those listeners, like I said earlier, I know most agency owners, you're not, you're not about a methodical interview process or what have you, but like Art said, you go from maybe a 15% chance of success to an 82% chance of success work with someone that can make you methodical or be methodical in your place. Art, thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thank Paul. Thanks, Paul.
0: Absolutely. And thanks to everyone for taking the time to listen. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you.